seeing the reaction she gets from when she reblogs fashion items because that's her hobby. Um, it helps fans bond with you. Oh, I'm so Just, sorry. It's don't, so don't worry about sorry. it. I'm amazed it hasn't happened to me. This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello, everyone. Uh, Andrew Apanov here, and uh, this is uh, a new episode of the We Spin Recipes podcast. And I've got a, a great guest on the show today, uh, Jesse Cannon, uh, in a founder of Muse Formation and the author of uh, Get More Fans, the DIY guide to the new music business. Hello. Hey, how are you? Um, well, I'm really glad to have you here. And uh, can you quickly, uh, well, tell us more about what you do? Sure. Um, my primary job is I'm a record producer. Um, I've worked with bands like uh, Animal Collective, The Cure, The Misfits, The Benzigers. Um, I've worked in nearly every aspect of the music business over the years. I worked for one of the largest indie uh, mastering houses, which is West West Side Music. I worked at uh, a label called Go-Kart Records, which was a large indie in the 90s and early 2000s. I ran two different record stores. I worked at um, WFMU, which is one of the, our, I should say, the largest freeform radio station in America. Uh, I've also written for a couple of publications like Tape Up, Punk Planet, and Maximum Rock and Roll. And most recently, I put out this book to share my experience, um, which largely focused on um, that I used to manage two groups, uh, one called Man Overboard, another called Transit, who are both signed to uh, one of the largest indies in America. And I wanted to share all of my experience and knowledge from that and blogging about the music industry for the past five years on museformation.com. Yeah, you've got a really interesting backgrounds in uh, <laughs> different kind of uh, market, um, well, industries, basically, music industries. That's exciting. And uh, so when, when exactly did you write the book? Like when the first edition came out? The first edition came out one year ago today. Um, it took me four years of taking notes and writing it. I got very busy with the bands I was managing. And I kind of just every day at the end of the day would jot down what I learned and um, any new services I got press releases for, I would be blogging about along the way. And um, I wrote it with a co-author whose name is Todd Thomas. And Todd Whereas I work with a lot of punk bands and about 25% dance bands, Todd's actually in a dance band. And so because of that, we got to experience lots of different scenes. And, you know, I kind of work with like bands that are a little bit more suburban America marketed, whereas Todd's very much a like Brooklyn hipster New York City act. So we got to see so many different aspects of things. And I just, we just took them down and then eventually, uh, Took about nine months to shape it into a readable book from uh, you know a couple hundred pages of notes. Yeah, and 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 this book I uh, checked the the first edition. I just uh, didn't quite recall when uh, it was out exactly, and uh, it's full of uh, very practical advice. So I really liked it that it's it's it focuses on some uh, specific uh, actions and things uh, that uh, artists can be doing. And uh, yeah, so all for. Uh, It's more for like for the bands, uh, artists in any genre. And since this podcast is listened by quite a lot of electronic music producers, uh, there is a lot so that they can find there as well, right? Yes, that's true. I, I, we really we were conscious of making examples that everything from like a 
you know, Warp Records style, like dance producer of avant stuff, on down to, you know, your standard punk band to like a Balkanese folk band could all apply to their music. I think that's the great thing is that um, in this world today, it's like, you know, the internet has allowed us to have these micro, micro genres where anybody could find something. So it's it's gotten a little easy to give the general advice that also could be taken very micro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. And okay, so let's get to the new edition because uh, it's yes. out now, if I'm not mistaken. Is it, it already? It, 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 it is out now. It's been out for about two weeks, I believe now. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah, by the time this podcast is out, it may be three or four weeks, but doesn't uh, matter that much. So <laughs> yes. uh, I'm just really curious to know uh, what, uh, what, what exactly have you changed. And uh, it's great that you updated the book uh, after a year since it was out, because uh, a lot of things are happening in the music business world, uh, like monthly. So it's, uh, I think, very appropriate for, for authors to um, yeah, issue new, uh, new editions uh, quickly. Because I, I know that you, uh, you, for example, have been t- <laughs> talked about uh, Turntable FM in the first edition. Yes. So it was something... It- yeah, between that, um, Mog changing the beats, um, you know, I'd yeah, say like yeah, there's yeah. about 10 pages out of uh, 720 that went out of date pretty fast because, yes, Turntable FM went out of business. And then we replaced that with some advice for using Plug.DJ, which I kind of think is even cooler than uh, Turntable, even though it hasn't caught on quite the way I've, you know, I've never seen a site catch on so fast as Turntable did. Um, and, uh, but sadly, it didn't seem like it was a sustainable model, I guess that proved. But, um, you know, Mog changed the beats music, and we had to do a couple of things like that. Then there was just a lot of points I wanted to make mm-hmm. clearer. But the biggest feedback we got was a lot of musicians said, you know, how do I uh, turn this into all this advice into something I do every day? So I wrote a lot about the habits I got into as a manager of how I would make progress on a musician's fan base every day and get things done right and uh so we added a bonus chapter that was about that and yeah i mean you know uh sadly the music business moves fast uh, (laughs) these days and it's hard to keep up all the time but you know we also have great tools like twitter and rss feeds that can keep us updated if you're reading the right stuff yeah, cool. And yeah, by the way, interesting that you mentioned Plug uh, DJ. We did uh, a premiere of a single on that platform last year and uh, was really happy with uh, with the engagement and results. So it's yeah, an interesting uh, replacement. And uh, um, I, I really like this um, idea of, uh, uh, well, turning book into something that artists should be using daily and uh, like a part of uh, it becoming a part of their uh, career and, uh, and like not something that you just read once and then I don't know what happens because well if you just uh, get some information it doesn't mean that you will be implementing it daily and weekly this is basically the reason why i launched wispin uh, as, as as a subscription model because uh, artists should be reminded about stuff and they should have uh, a sort of a guide so is it your goal to create like a like a guide for musicians that they can be following <coughs> on a daily weekly basis yeah i mean when we initially launched um, Muse Formation, I had the thing of that I'd produce a great record for a band, and um, one of the guys I used to work for is this big mastering engineer, Alan Douches, and he used to have this like great, great saying of, um, he'd hand you your mastery, he goes, now here's the hard part. 
and I wanted to, you know, no one kind of knew where to go with this stuff, and so I wanted to make a guide for that, and then so muse, muse formation, I wanted it to be like, kind of like, remember you should be doing this, remember you should be doing that, like if you, the idea would be if you opened it every day, like, there's gonna be themes that repeat, and um, I think that is the biggest thing of like, you know, when I was managing two bands that were very successful is like that thing of like every day you had to be attacking like a couple different fronts of like whether it's approaching more licensing opportunities uh down to just keeping uh, like everybody knows you got to keep up the social media these days that's the like most basic thing but like you know working on more merchandise working on even just scheduling the time to write the songs these days it's it's all so hectic and uh I wanted to really enforce that, you know, you have to remember to do these things each day and there's, you know, enough things to do to fill up a 735 page book now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. And okay, so we are uh, over 10 minutes in the conversation now and it's all exciting, but I guess our listener wants to hear some <laughs> practical advice. You mentioned something, something practical uh, here already, um, but can you, can you maybe at least... Uh, uh, some more things that you think an artist should be focusing on daily, like the directions that uh, an artist should dedicate time to every day? Sure. sure. So one of the best tricks I know of is um, we talk about um, finding some artists to target. Um, so what I advise is that let's say you're a London-based uh, electronic... Well, let's get even more micro than uh, electronic. You're a london-based uh i'm trying to think of what's a hip thing what's called uh electro well okay you don't use the, yeah. yeah so uh, so work. yeah <laughs> so i would try to find other artists you see your fans talking about maybe you see on uh last fm that they're also listening to the these people i would try to find some, some that are small some that are medium-sized some that are big some that are local some that are not local load them into google alerts um there's a service i really like called mention.net oh it's great um, yeah yeah i mean that they they really have made um google alerts they've taken it to the next level um put them into to those services and every day you're going to see some people who are tweeting about the facebooking maybe blogs that are writing about maybe where they're playing take all those things that are those people who are interested in uh, these other artists, and that's who you should be approaching. So you should be finding people who would potentially like your music. Um, so I advise, you know, if you could do that every day and stay up on it and approach these people or start to make a, um Excel sheet and database with it, that will be the first thing that can like really make a quantum difference in your promotions. For me... Um, especially like when I would start working with bands, I would, um, you know, a lot of blogs would be writing about them. We live in, yeah, I live in Brooklyn, so there's, you know, a million music blogs. Um, I would just start approaching. And so, you know, the other thing about when we talk about this is that I see um, a lot of musicians get very discouraged with the blog thing because you're pretty successful if you get one out of 10 to 20 blog pitches uh, to go through and actually get you written about you're doing pretty well. Um, even the best written pitches, a lot of these blogs aren't going to read them, but the one out of 10 that does could be a big thing. Um, a great example is Todd, who I wrote my book with. He got on a smaller blog 
that was then read by, um, I would believe it was Big Stereo, and then from their feature on Big Stereo, Pitchfork picked it up, and then all of a sudden they have 100,000 streams. Awesome. And so I think there's a thing of that, you, you know, taking this technique and staying persistent about it. Like, it's not... It's not going to be easy. It's not something you could just do every three months. Um, that's a, a really, really easily actionable thing that you could be working on uh, each day. Excellent. And uh, it's great that this way you will be slowly building the uh, very right and relevant database because uh, even I like, I, I like this example because uh, I, for example, uh, get pitches uh, like to, uh, to review uh, band's music or interview them on data music all the time also we we like write about music industry we don't do reviews yeah so I, it's, same thing since we both do do that same thing and it's yeah. like yeah 20 20 emails a day to review a review a single and it's like that's not what we do it's 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 so easy to see what uh, a blog is about and and this way yeah it's it's really one of the Yeah, most uh, effective uh, way to find uh, the right blog. So it's it's a great advice. Something uh, that I like asking about is if you uh, try or recommend uh, uh, looking for some uh, niche blogs and publications that write not just about music or not about music at all, but maybe lifestyle. And if you have uh, a message or a song or your whole project resonates with a specific market that is not related to music, does it make sense to look into other markets, non-pitch your music or your story to non-musical blogs? Yeah, we, we actually talk a good amount about this in the book that we've had a lot of success. Um, you know, whether it's even just the thing that you do outside of um, music um, could sometimes be like, you know, there is a blog that is just dedicated to graphic designers who make music that one, the guy who did our cover art got covered on. Um, there is so many niche publications, you know, um, a great example of my buddy's a libertarian and I know, so you have an international audience, so I'll explain what libertarians a little bit more, um, they don't like rules of the government. They're a little hands off, small government belief, uh, a libertarian blog picked up his thing and, you know, he saw 30,000 hits on his song that was kind of just mildly about libertarian philosophy, um, <laughs> I think there's even a big thing of um, the other secret behind that is, and it goes for music blogs and niche blogs as well, is that participate in the community you want to be involved in. Um, what makes the biggest difference I see in the blog pitches so many times is just that the blogger thinks your name's familiar because they've seen you comment or they've been seeing your name be retweeting their tweets. Just participating and being a part of the community, talking to other musicians, the blogger, um, reads or follows on social networks and they think you're a part of their community um that makes the that's like the thing that can make it go from like one out of 20 blogs posting you to one out of like five or ten this this great advice and basically and and uh, this is kind of similar uh, a, a similar theme uh, is recommended by me and uh, these concepts of just bringing value and uh, and communicating with people instead of just pitching so uh, would you recommend something like uh, i mean i just try to provide a, a more uh, even more specific example for you already uh, concrete here uh, i create a twitter list with uh, just the bloggers the influencers who i want Uh, to notice me and um, 
uh, just uh, follow them and retweet each of them once in few days or once a week and just favorite their tweets and just reply them so without pitching it all and then maybe a month later i send them email do you think this can increase the chances of being uh published there i i would go farther than think i've seen it in practice that it works um i would also say even the thing of two of just being helpful but not being overly annoying like i give this advice sometimes and some of the people uh you know, get a little too overzealous with replying to that blogger about everything they say. But mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I think like if you have something meaningful to add to the conversation, I mean, I think that's the nice thing is is most musicians being worth covering, um, they have thoughts and they have something interesting to say and offer to these conversations. And you know, I would also say um, negativity isn't always the way to go as well. But like, you know, a lot of times you'll see a blogger just write hey, I'm going to this city I haven't been to. Where do I eat? What's the cool place to see something? If you have that to offer, do it. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think it's about adding interesting things to that community can really, really go a long way. And yes, I've 100% um, seen it. And like, even to go even further, there's SoundCloud groups, there's message boards, there's Facebook groups that most of these people are participating in too taking some time to research and find those talk to other musicians do google searches to find where you can be going browse websites and look for the forum button usually that's also where these people are hanging out is some sort of soundcloud group or uh, web-based community and seeing your name there is going to also really help that great great thanks for these tips uh well uh, what what are the other uh topics uh you highlighted in the new edition of the book and uh, maybe you even will want to talk about youtube because actually i wanted to ask you about youtube next you i think pay quite a lot of attention to it but before that maybe anything else you wanted to just mention here um yeah i mean there's a a multitude of um websites that also we can be making sure our music's on. You know, there's so many small websites. And what I find really interesting these days is a lot of people will focus on, um, you know, I just want to be on Pandora. Well, Slacker and Earbits and all that, I see artists getting tons of really great emails or licensing opportunities that actually make them money so they can fund other promotions kind of going through and making sure your music is on every service and you're available really, really, really can be a helpful thing. Um, one of the things we have in the book is we have about a hundred or so um, licensing companies listed in the back of it that all take unsolicited submissions. Um, making sure your music's there. And then, you know, the other thing I really preach is um, have a free music page. Um, th- we're in an era where you have to have a free sample or and I would also even say a free sample that you're updating from time to time too as much as you can that is always changing so fans can slowly get addicted to you and uh, you know there's a lot of fans that aren't using Spotify, RDO or Beats Music yet that are still downloading music and allowing them to download it in exchange for an email can really really help grow your music Nice, yeah, uh, that's 
Interesting, and I guess you, the uh, uh, artists, can go ev even further with uh, free giveaways. And uh, g if they have lots of material, uh, do you practice giving away something in exchange of uh, of uh, of a tweet or Facebook share, for example. Maybe it's yep. a ringtone or something like an extra song that is not beyond the uh, uh, song for in, in exchange of email download. Yeah, I mean, we, um, with one of the groups I managed, Man Overboard, we did the thing as well. We sold a lot of merch. Um, they were one of those bands that, you know, in a good month, we'd sell 10,000 t-shirts sometimes, which was absolutely insane. Um, but we bundled a sampler with everything somebody buys. So even if they bought just the, a $3 sticker pack on up to a t-shirt, um, we were selling, we would give away 10 songs out of the 55 they had released at the time. And that would give the fans something to get addicted to, and then want more and buy those other forty-five songs that we had. This, this, this is a cool uh, advice as well. I mean, something that uh, can be applied by any musician because there are platforms right now. I can see a lot of uh, the tools that uh, I've been using or checking for, like um, online stores. They offer these sophisticated. Uh, tools for creating bundles for upselling stuff with with bundles so that's that's really cool we've got all these tools uh whatever platform you use for the website you can do something so technically there is no i think there, there are no limits even right now you can do whatever you want so you just have to be creative and yeah so the idea of of bundling things is very exciting to me so thank you for mentioning yeah. that yeah, yeah. The, the the tools for that seem to be coming out every every day. I mean, Stage Block, Top Spin, Limited Run are all doing really really cool things with that stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, something I uh, basically was going to ask you about um, is about YouTube. Uh, do you have uh, anything to comment here? And uh, what, uh, what what have you added any new sections related to YouTube to the new edition? Yeah. Um. I think some of the most, the one of the most interesting tools with uh, I would just mention is um, Topspin's uh, Download Anywhere tool, which um, to explain to the audience that doesn't know is uh, this is a tool that allows when you tweet or Facebook a link to your new video on YouTube, it will have a, a light box, which is like one of those boxes that makes the website the back of it go a little dark, and then there's a box there that'll say. Here's a download for our new song in exchange for your email address or a tweet. Um, there was just a great article on Digital Music News about how St. Vincent um, doubled her album sales by basically figuring out, out that you could send specifically targeted messages to fans who've seen certain videos or not and capitalize on that and get them to buy the record. Doing a little path like this that gets it so whether you have in the description of your YouTube video or when the fan first lands on this YouTube video that there's a way to get their email address and then continue this relationship further that you're able to email them next month when you put out another song or you actually release that record or a year from now when you go on tour and they might be willing to check you out again. Um, those are the type of things that really, really, really can make a difference. Um, that band man overboard I managed, you know, um, we traded so many songs for emails that they now have a humongously strong email list that really brings fans out to a tour and they're able to play 2,500 seat venues and get kids out to that because of that email address and because we did tactics like that. 
Yeah, so two things here. Email marketing is still uh, the, I, I would say, the most powerful marketing yeah. platform and, and channel. And the second is that, um, damn, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I think funny. one of the biggest things we see, uh, I see neglected is um, that musicians, especially when they're starting out, they don't link in the description box a place where they can re uh, retain that fan. And when I say retain, I mean get their email address. Um, instead, they're linking to iTunes and just trying to make a sale. It's so much more important than getting the 67 cents you profit from uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. iTunes sale to get an email address and start that relationship and then have them become addicted to your music and then you can make that $6.70 when they're addicted and want to buy a full-length record from you. Yeah, that's that's exactly uh, exactly the truth, and you reminded me of the second point that I had in mind. <laughs> Basically, that uh, I, I know yeah. you know this stuff because I've seen it on dotted music. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so data basically rules these walls and music business right now. So if you have the right information, if you have the contact details and also some additional info like the zip codes or. Uh, different kind of stuff like where this person came from and if you have these groups and segments so not just do the email marketing which is extremely important it's by like by default should be utilized by every musician i think but if you also have uh, the right data in there you can uh well personalize your messages and send the <coughs> right stuff to the right to, to the right people which is also exciting because right now you can track whatever you want to to track yeah. once again the tools are out there so yeah and and uh and it I, can be useful for sorry you you wanted to I, I think that you know that that that's a, a great point, and you know at at the minimum you should always be getting a zip code. You know, Bandcamp and Topspin all allow immediate entry of a, a zip code. Um, further thing, and the reason you want that zip code is because you want to be able to email just when you play that town and not have to annoy everybody every time you play something. And that, especially for a band who's struggling in their local scene, to be able to only email the people in their local scene. When you're starting to first get a following in a city, that could be so, so important for limiting the amounts of emails so you're not annoying all your fans every time you're playing London when half the people who are listening to you are in Berlin. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that's that's huge. And even knowing how whether your audience is mostly male or female is huge um, just for if you're making merchandise to bring to shows or even to put up online, that could be a huge difference because if you don't realize your fan base is mostly female and you're making stuff that, you know, like hoodies that girls don't particularly like to wear, that's not not necessarily the smartest tactic. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you, you, you br brought this up about uh, local promotion. It's pretty interesting. Uh, maybe maybe uh, any other tips or advice uh, r related to touring and getting booked? Um. I've seen one of the biggest things I think is neglected these days, and I, I don't know why bands kind of ignore it. Maybe I'm a little old school, but I've also seen how much good this does is that, you know, every time you play a venue, it's um, an ability to put up a free advertisement for yourself as well. Is that the second that show's booked, you should have tour posters to set it out. I mean, any act that usually breaks is also doing real-world promotion and needs eyes to be seen on it that aren't just on the internet. Um, if anything, we're getting really desensitized to seeing names on the internet, but 
names in the real world could still really promote a big thing and it makes people feel like you're something important posters um are a pretty cheap thing to do send it to the venue with when you're playing send them two to three of them for each venue because they could also they sometimes have street teams that bring them to the record store etc etc getting that out there allowing that free advertisement to be seen with your branding your logo um maybe and definitely a website address for you allows people to think for some reason they know you um anytime anybody like we have all experienced the thing of that we hear a band's name three times before we check it out sometimes even 10 times before we check it out it's another reminder to check you out that maybe their best friend said to check you out first but seeing your name on that poster knowing that you're coming soon knowing that they want to go see something good that can be the breaking point that they listen to you and then tell 10 more of their friends to listen to you yeah yeah and you know it's 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 really it's even a bit funny i was doing uh some live events seven years ago and it was all about uh posters and even stickers although mm-hmm. uh the city was not really happy about stickers and and graffitis that's we've been doing but anyway so a lot about physical promotion getting out there and handing out flyers uh, at 7 a.m next to the university this is what i was doing and uh, yeah. uh and and right now everyone is just about uh do, doing uh, setting up a facebook event and they are yep. pissed, pissed off that people are not uh, showing up on their shows if it's a physical it's if it's a live event just go out there and uh, do some physical promotion uh, in the city so and, yes yeah it's, it's and you you touched about on the perfect thing the university um going to the other shows I, there's a great saying um that uh one of the concert promoters i worked on under years ago I would say is that we had to have ads anywhere somebody who likes our style of music would go. So I worked at a punk club. So basically out, we had a calendar and outside of every punk show, we had somebody going there. We'd pay for their admission to the show. But the rule was, is that the second that last song last note of the main set was over, mm-hmm. you better be out there handing out flyers. And, you know, we would make sure that, Fires were were there, and they're st- standing outside, handing everyone who's walking out of another concert promotion company show is getting our flyers. And that type of hustle in your local community, even if you're a mediocre artist, you're going to see pretty great results. I, you know, we all say in music marketing, you know, you have to be good to attract fans. There's some things you can do that will even make it if you're not that good and you're still struggling to get there. And that's one of those things I think that's humongous. Yeah, cool. I uh, really like this advice. Uh, great. Any anything on this topic, or maybe you want to highlight something else uh, from the additions to the book? Um, I think that the last thing I could say on that is that uh, we kind of did touch on this thing: is that a lot of people get really disappointed with um, the their online marketing. They bought a Facebook ad and it didn't do what they thought it would. They bought a YouTube ad didn't do what they thought it would, and I think. The big thing that everybody misses is that if you're paying for advertising these days or you're just focusing on online, it's got to be in all, um, you got to be hammering on all fronts. Like stickers were mentioned before. Yes, cities aren't always too friendly to those. Um, Brooklyn's specifically where I live is not very friendly to that. But um, if you're doing everything sustained as well like i think one of the other things i should say is that you can't just do this for two weeks 
and then start it up a year later when you make a record. Like this has to be a sustained thing that you're always doing. So people are always seeing your name over and over and over again for months on end. Um, I know it's hard to keep that motivation and keep that momentum going, but you really do have to find some way to do it because that's what makes the difference. If you're doing all these real world things, that's way more important than most of the online things I think you can do these days. If you couple both of them together, that's when you're going to really see a great result. And, and something else that I've noticed, and maybe maybe it's just me, but it feels like if you're doing something uh, in, in real world, so offline mm-hmm. promotion for like uh, in your local town, and it uh, can be much smaller than New York, uh, and, and it can be like where you have uh, 100 people, and uh, it's really very local, but since, once again, it's all... It can be online. You can uh, do, or your fans even better can do photos of of the stickers if they are creative and interesting. And you can do lots of hype online to uh, for for the fans who own a different continent. So you can basically generate a lot of interesting uh, content and keep all fans engaged. Of course, not pitching everyone like come to my show if they they are obviously not in your city, but just mm. sharing some interesting uh, rehearsal. I don't know backstage photos or something like that so do you have anything to comment on that yeah yeah i think that that's a great point well you know one of the best points as well was um with man overboard so we were we did our own merch we actually as they bad got popular we hired a friend who started off working just uh mondays and fridays for two hours he would do the merch then eventually the job got to the point that now they have two full-time employees to do the merch but The, one of the ways we got there was a lot like what you just said, was that on every piece of merch, we'd either one, a band member would write a thank you to the person, two, we'd write a nickname on the package for everybody. So, you know, your your name is Andrew Apodov. Um, we'd maybe put Andrew Apodov and on and on and on and on. Just something silly. All the fans mm-hmm. would then take pictures of that, put their uh, their t- Tumblr, Facebook, and Twitter because they couldn't believe the band took the time to do that. Mm-hmm, All mm-hmm, of a sudden, mm-hmm. our merch orders uh, nearly double. We're getting orders from the Philippines, all sorts of stuff, and it's little personal touches like that that are just something slightly eventful. And like um, Tony Shea, the president of Zappos, calls it random acts of wow. Finding something cool and nice and taking a little bit of time Um, especially in your early days, can really, really, really help that stuff spread. Um, a lot of people these days, too, it's they're getting their fans um, Snapchat names. You know, they make a Facebook post, and they do exactly what said. Here's a picture of us doing something dumb backstage, like we're all smashing our face into cake. Send that to your fans on Snapchat. They really appreciate it that they spread the word about that, and they're talking about you, and their friends are hearing about you, and this is how that growth happens. Yeah, so it's lots about recognition and and uh, and this feeling that uh, uh, basically a band notices you as a fan. So uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 really cool. Something uh, re- slightly related. So when you mentioned these uh, different forms of customization, personalization, I see a lot of this stuff uh, being done really well uh, by services, uh, some products, especially something that just. Um, comes up some uh, some very niche and um, 
Uh, I don't know. I I I ordered these um, uh, Instagram. I don't remember the name of the uh, company. Basically, the company printing Instagram photos. Uh, yeah, they make yeah, frames and yeah, and and uh, so something like personalized in the package in the goods in a good package and everything. I naturally want to take a photo of these and post it with the hashtag they they asked on on uh, on a dedicated uh, uh, cards to uh, to use this hashtag posting the photo. So I really want to do that. And there is lots of uh, ways we can, a lot of um, products we can get inspiration from as as marketers or as musicians because there is lots of great stuff going on in the world right now and uh, lots of musicians still a bit behind. I I think it feels not everyone of course, but uh, I mean there is a lot of uh, ways to find inspiration beyond the music. Yeah, I I think that 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 is the thing is that what what are the best things you could get good at is that every time you order something like you know i just as i just mentioned like zappos um i order shoes from and i would literally just stare at their store and think of ways we could integrate that into our music marketing and just you really really keeping an eye out every day and um i know on one of the other episodes that i was listening to this podcast is like that idea of retaining these things like make a google doc so that your whole band could read it and write down things you guys observe um, other um, artists or um, brands doing. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, the other day um, I ordered this cool thing called a Nomad Charge Card for my iPhone, and it's basically a business card sa- sized uh, charger for my iPhone so I can keep it in my wallet and I don't have to carry a cable and everything when I want to charge it when I'm somewhere. They sent me a card that says, hey, if you share this on social media, we'll send you another free. Now, hmm. obviously you probably can't afford to send another piece of vinyl free, but what you could do is, with Everybody Wears Your Merch, is take a picture of you wearing it on social media, link us, we'll send you free stickers. That costs you you know, maybe a dollar of your profits, but it also gets the word spread about you. Finding little things like that that you can do to share and figuring out those little things, those little things, out of effort, do add up to more fans. And clocking those hours does add up to getting a bigger fan base. Brilliant. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be quoting some of the cases that you mentioned on this interview. It's really <laughs> cool. And and so, yeah, so sorry to you and the listener for uh, talking about uh, myself, but I just wanted to mention since it's so relevant and I have never shared it yet. So uh, I'm setting up a physical like event, a workshop for. Uh, called Wispin Cities uh, over here and uh, I, I got into home brewing a little bit like craft mm-hmm. beer you, you are from uh, Brooklyn you you probably yes. uh, it's it's every, like uh, all around you <laughs> all the time but yes uh, and, and uh, boy do I enjoy it oh it's it's awesome I, I moved basically I live in Poland right now and it's uh-huh. a booming thing over here in the country and I got into it really and I brewed like my first brew is not the best possible one but I have around 30 uh, bottles uh, uh, basically and uh, it's okay so I uh, my designer did a, a sticker uh, well promoting like giving uh, anyone who takes uh, an Instagram picture of the sticker and the, of this uh, beer uh, gives a uh, free months uh, for one bucks like membership uh, of Wispin so I'm going to yeah so in less than a month I will be <laughs> giving it away at, at the workshop so just experimenting with this kind of stuff uh, myself and yeah That's so very cool. yeah 
I mean, when you, especially when you, I like, uh, like when, when your hobbies, uh, you can use your hobby somehow for your main projects. I mean, I can, I think every musician can think of something. I don't know, you are, uh, you, if you like creating something and it doesn't have anything to do with music, you can find creative ways to combine these things somehow. So it's agreed. And I think that that's even one of the things that fans really appreciate is seeing what else you're into that can get them with that and make a bond through that stuff is that, you know, if you're into fashion, you know, um, take pictures of that fashion. Like, uh, you know, I see Lord, she, every time she posts a fashion thing, that's when she gets the most comments instead of just reblogs on Tumblr. Um, one of the other things too, is everybody loves a viral video. Like, Making the 10 best videos you saw on YouTube and making a playlist of that on your channel and then sharing it with your fans um, can be a great way to even get attention for your own YouTube channel, especially if at the end of it you put a, another video on there that directs them back to your latest video. You make a one-minute uh, uh, one video on your laptop that just says, hey, if you liked all these, look how funny our newest video is or add your newest video to that playlist. Those could be big things for doing it. Everybody loves a funny video these days. Yeah, and I hope the listener uh, realizes what we're talking about here. It means you can legally watch funny videos on YouTube and, and get some use out of it. So, yeah. I mean, everything you do can be a part of your marketing. So, a part of your like how you engage your audience. That's cool. I mean, of course, it should be some quality control. So, don't share. Sure anything you you've but this is a great example you just provided so creating a playlist so you uh, didn't create the uh, all these videos but you maybe created the intro you created the you packed uh the best ones in your opinion so the, the, this is cool and uh yeah i, yeah. Hope that, well, I, I yeah. mean we're all getting sent these videos we're all enjoying these videos you literally once a month make a playlist on your youtube channel that says Here's the best ones. Throw your music video on at the end. And you're going to probably even see a bunch of fans share that with their friends because they're going to have liked a couple of videos. They're going to hit share on the playlist and then maybe you're going to get a few more new fans from that. Mm-hmm. And and then if you are in a niche that is more uh more, more specific, like I don't know, you are into I don't know cooking or something like that. So if mm-hmm. you uh, pick some uh, created uh, um, playlist of uh, useful tutorials, so it may be for a small audience, but it may be bringing more value to them. So it's the chances are may be even higher that they will be sharing it. I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, so. that's a great thing. Like, you know, you, you're a great example. You're a micro brew. Do it like that. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> well, and you're probably going to make friends with the fans that are also into micro brewing, which is going to be a rewarding thing for you. Aside from just building a fan base, you're going to make more friends through your music. Yeah, so uh, I saw something random, but the the uh, weirdest uh, Instagram accounts recently followed me. There is a girl actually from New York, I think, and uh, she's into yoga and uh, micro uh, brewing craft beers. <laughs> so she takes these photos of herself doing some yoga postures with different uh, brews all the time. So it's it's so <laughs> odd, it's but I, yeah. I, I follow her, and it's really kind of weird, but. Um, Anyway, you can always find a way to connect different things, and uh, your fan will be this uh, guy or girl uh, just liking yoga and and craft beer. <laughs> yeah, that's really example. funny. That's a great anyway. example. 
Oh yeah. Anyway, so thank you for all the insights. It was just, it was just packed with great stuff. So I really appreciate that. And oh, um, my pleasure. And, and I know that you can safely share all these tips because I've seen the book. I know that yeah. you have a hundred more other there. So uh, do you have a? Uh, can you? Uh, I'm obviously I will be linking to your website and to the book in the show notes. But uh, what is the best place to find you online? Um, so, uh, jessiecannon.com shows everything I do, and uh, getmorefansbook.com is the site for the book. You could get a free excerpt of the book that's about 33% of the book um, there. And uh, I'm at Jesse Cannon, J E S S E C A N N O N M U S F on Twitter. Great. So, so, thank you. It was a real pleasure to have you on this show, and I really appreciate all the insights. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We Spin12.